0: soundly so right now our listeners get 30% off headspace's entire library of meditations just go to headspace.com sleep for 30% off your subscription but only until may 12th this is the best deal offered right now head to headspace.com sleep pod today this is the smart passive income podcast with pat flynn session number 216 Bzz, here we go
1: Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, his wife April converted him from a PC to a Mac user when they were dating, (laughs) Pat Flynn.
0: What's up everybody, Pat Flynn here. Thank you so much for joining me in session 216 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I have a shocking episode for you. Sorry, I had to put that in there because we are talking with the founder of Pavlock, which is a wearable device that will literally shock you. Um, it provides a little voltage through, uh, through your wrist there. Um, and this is a device that I actually used to help me write my book. Now, I know that might sound crazy, and maybe this isn't for everybody, but I needed it to break some bad habits that I was forming while I was writing my book. I found that when I was writing, for example, I would often, when I come to a hard part in the passages I was writing, in the manuscript, I would, uh, I would, I would just go on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter and do something comfortable because I wanted to avoid what I was supposed to be doing. And I ended up uh, getting involved with Pavlok and actually purchasing one through an Indiegogo campaign back in the day. And it came in while I was writing, and I decided to give it a try, and it worked. And uh, Manish. Seti is going to be talking all about how he founded this, where the idea came from, what it's been like to manufacture and take this from start to where it's at now. And uh, he's been featured on a number of television shows, and I've seen it on the news before. Uh, I watched a spot on the Steve Harvey show on television when he uh, was demonstrating this. Um, and it's it's a pretty awesome story, and I'm, I'm excited to share it with you. I'm not saying that you should absolutely go out and start shocking yourself in order to achieve success. Um, but some of us need that jolt, if you will, and and some of us perhaps need it literally. But anyway, we're going to talk with Manish Seti, and you might recognize that name, Seti. Well, we've had his brother, Ramit Seti, on the show several times in the past, and this is Manish's brother, who uh, for a period of time, you'll hear it's quite funny, uh, he put on his business card, I am Ramit Seti's brother. But now I don't think he needs that because he's created something awesome. So here's Manish Seti, the founder of Pavlok, P a v l o. Okay, here we go. What's up, everybody? I'm so happy to welcome Manish Sethi here on the show today. Manish, Manish, what's up, man? Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Pat. I'm so excited to chat with you. It's been a long time.
0: It has been a long time. You know, I first uh, learned about you through Ramit, who's who's your brother. Um, but then I I started hearing all this stuff about this really cool project that you had going on called uh, Pavlok. And then I did a little bit more research and it was kind of one of the most interesting things I've ever seen and, and followed and now I use. And some people in the audience know what it is, but anyway, why don't, why don't before we get into, into Pavlok, kind of just introduce yourself to the audience and, and who you are and what it is that you do from there.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so my background starts a while ago. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> of course. Uh, so my background is: I was, uh, I'm, I'm Ramit Sethi's brother. Um, in fact, my first ever business card said Manish Sethi, Ramit's brother. No <laughs> way. It, was, it was just easier. But uh, <laughs> but so I grew up in California. Um, I had always had these grand plans of, of doing things. I always had great ideas. But I've never been able to actually get myself to sit down and just do them. So about, I don't know, five or so years ago, I was running a blog called Hack the System. And in this blog, I traveled the world and I would do random stuff in new countries. And it was very interesting because my my blog would become – like I'd get very viral posts. But my internal metrics of success were always a failure. It was like my internal metric of success was always – for my entire – period of traveling was, did I go to the gym three times? And did I get two blog posts on my site? Mm-hmm. And I think I hit that goal maybe twice in five years of, of trying to run my website. Meanwhile, my website started grossing money and I was building passive income. Uh, I helped uh, a lot of people build uh, their own blogs. And like, for example, I ran book marketing campaigns for people like Tim Ferris and And Daniel Amen. But uh, over time, it was very interesting to me that I was having so much trouble getting stuff done. So I embarked on this productivity hack section where I would do experiments trying to make myself become more productive. And among those hacks, I hired someone to sit down next to me. And every time I got off task, every time I went on Facebook, this person would slap me in the face,
0: like literally slap you in the face.
1: Like if you Google slapped by Craigslister," you'll see my post at the top. <laughs> and, uh, and it's nuts because I tracked my productivity uh, and oh, over, over many years and the periods of time that she sat down next to me, I skyrocketed from my average 38% productivity level. I skyrocketed to 98%. And uh, I found it really, really, really fascinating because when I hired her, I had her sit down next to me and help me do tasks that I knew I needed to do. They were not urgent. They were important tasks that I've been meaning to do, but I never got done. And I finished all of them in a period of like, you know, not even, not even more than five or six hours, things I'd been meaning to do forever. Mm-hmm. But it was very different because when I had pre-committed to having someone next to me, the slap wasn't the thing. It was the accountability. It was the the, the pre-commitment. And so I took that and my I wrote this post online and that went insanely viral and I decided uh, – I, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, yo, what if we made a dog collar that could zap me every time I went on Facebook? I could probably save, save the money. And uh, lo, lo and behold, he's like, yo, let's go to Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that's how the idea of Pavlok came about. It was uh, how can I reproduce accountability forcing me to get off Facebook and, uh, and put it on my wrist.
0: I love it. I love it. You definitely have a different style than Ramit. That's, that's for sure. Who's been on the show before. I don't think he would ever even consider doing that, but it's so cool. And, you know, it makes sense because, you know, we've had people talk about productivity and habits and that sort of stuff on the show before, but a lot of them were talking more about the rewards that came on the other end of actually finishing and follow through here. You're talking about, well, what happens if you don't do what you're supposed to do? And do, do you have any scientific information about like all this kind of stuff and how it works?
1: So it's really, really interesting because I feel like there's a, a, a problematic shift towards positive reinforcement in in the world. Now, you everyone has heard uh, positive reinforcement works better than negative reinforcement. Everyone's heard that, uh, you know, never punish, only reward. And that's true in a context, in a contextual situation, but there's a, a pendulum of, of habits. And if like, you know, in the mid-90s, the, mid the type of, of science uh, that we use at Pavlok, that science disappeared and we, we pivoted to a completely positive psychology nation where every kid gets a trophy, never say anything bad. Right. And it was too far of a shift to the point that there's no negative disincentive for anything. Also, so, uh, so before we started, uh, before we realized that, that what we had built was the uh, really effective for breaking bad habits... Uh, for the first year of Pavlock, we were a forming habits company. And that was when we were, we were really delving deep into the power of negative reinforcement. We discovered that uh, the science of habit is very simple. In, in order to form a habit, you simply need to do an action enough days in a row after a trigger. The, the key word is consistency. If you get someone to, do, to drink a glass of water every morning after breakfast for about 20 days, it becomes harder for them to not do that action than to do that action. It's like uh, if you leave the house without brushing your teeth, you feel like you need to go back and brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. So we found that the secret was the combination of the two, that negative reinforcement, the fear of loss. If I don't brush my teeth, if I don't exercise, I will have to pay a penalty to my friends or I will have to post on Facebook that I failed. That is incredibly powerful for, for spurring the initial action. But once you get in the the beginning habits, the first five to 10 days of, of getting yourself to brush or getting yourself to go to the gym in a row, then positive reinforcement plays a bigger part in making the habit stick. So that was really interesting before we discovered the difference between forming habits and breaking habits.
0: I love that, I love that. And for those of you listening, Pavlok is a wearable device that literally shocks you. Um, and I know when, I've, I've shared this with a bunch of other people and, and they freak out a little bit when they hear that, like, oh my gosh, it actually shocks you. But then I'm always reminded of, in eighth grade, actually in seventh grade, when all the eighth graders came back from their Washington, D.C. trip at school, they would come back with these things that look like lighters, and they'd be like, look at this blue flame, it's amazing. And then they'd have me click on it, and then it would shock me. Um, and then when I was in eighth grade, I did it to seventh graders. Anyway, uh, it, kind of, <laughs> it, it feels like that. It doesn't actually hurt you, it just more jolts you a little bit.
1: Yeah, the, the word shock is also the thing that we realize is a big problem. It's like, uh, if you don't use that word, if you say like, pavlock shocks you to break bad habits nobody listens when they get scared but if you say pavlock releases a mild electric stimulus or pavlock uses biofeedback mechanisms suddenly the, the <laughs> it's the word shock that changes people's uh, intuition about this, the process but once you feel it like there's like electroconvulsive shock therapy that people often associate with this that's not what this is this is more like a rubber band being snapped on your wrist
0: right right and so you get this idea you know you. I don't. I didn't even know you actually got a dog collar just to kind of test this out. But where did you go from there? how did How did you actually end up producing this and actually turning it into something where that has now been featured on television, magazines, and newspapers, and all all these amazing places? Uh, t- give us that journey uh, in in a short period of time.
1: Yeah, it's it's actually a fascinating journey. um Today, like this today we uh, we found out we were in Time magazine this week. No there's way, a, dude, sweet. Yeah. In the printed edition, there's like an article about Fitbit and then like why I gave up on Fitbit and the last paragraph is, but I just discovered that Pavlock exists and it can give me a mild shock when I don't hit my daily step goal. And like uh this might be the new beginning for Fitbit for for my Fitbit experience. But the funniest thing is that in Time magazine they quoted us as Pavlock is kind of an S and M Fitbit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But so the journey is actually really interesting because I'm not a hardware guy by no means am I a hardware guy. So I had this idea and I made this uh, video when I made this dog collar experiment with my friend and I was planning on posting this video on my website. My slapping post had gone so viral. I was fairly sure that my dog collar that shocked me when I went on Facebook would, would also go viral. But then, uh, we, so we made the video, we were about to post it online and literally while it was uploading right before YouTube turned to processing, I said to my friend, I was like, actually, this is really interesting. There is a thousand devices out there that are tracking everything we do, but this one's actually changing what I do. Maybe this is more than a blog post. Maybe this is actually something bigger. Maybe this can really help everybody else. And so I hit cancel, uh, right when it got, it was processing 95% for like three minutes. That's when I hit cancel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for the next, uh, I think it was the next three months, I made it a really big goal to build a prototype. And I went out, the, the idea of Pavlock was so different back then. Um, uh, but I went out trying to find someone who helped me make a prototype. Uh, they were quoting me numbers that were insanely high in the hundreds of thousands. Uh, and so, I ended up, I remember having a conversation with my brother and I said to him like, dude, I really need to figure out quickly how to solve and make this product because I've had a lot of good ideas in my life and this might be the best one I've ever had, but I know myself and if I don't solve this problem quickly, this will be one of those things that I had one of those good ideas I had. Mm. And you know what? In March, I gave up. I couldn't find anybody. Nobody would help me make it and I gave up. And uh, so what happened strangely enough is like I, I heard from somebody that there was this thing called Bolt. I opened up a tab in my browser and I gave up. I was totally moving on. Um, so lo- like long story short, I found out that uh, I was – so I, one day in, in August 2013, in July 2013, I had all of these tabs open. And I was like, all right, today I'm just going to close all my tabs, finish the stuff up. And one of those tabs was, these, was this incubator in Boston called bolt An incubator is like a, uh, a startup, uh, a place that invests money in you and gives you help to build a product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they, I, I ended up writing like really quickly in 15 minutes, I wrote a post. Uh, it was like smileys in my application with my idea. Uh, I, I made a video. Uh, I, I sent the video of the dog collar thing and I gave up. I was like, that's it. I'm just going to submit this and close the tab. And lo and behold, um, Out of 700 people that applied, they called uh, 20 people back. I was one of the people they called back. Uh, They had a slot for a B2B company. They had a slot for a B2C company. Then they had a a wildcard slot. And I was the wildcard. The guy with no background in hardware, no experience, but with a pretty good idea. Mm. And uh, they gave me – they invested some money in my company and they invited me to Boston to to spend a year there. And it was really the act of being stuck in a room – with hardware people for a year that made me take my idea to prototype my prototype to crowdfunding on Indiegogo. And then after testing on users and discovering some magical science behind our product that had disappeared, that was when we realized that we were on something big.
0: That's awesome. What an incredible journey. Yeah. <laughs> how does it, how does it feel for you personally that, to like get through something like this and come all the way to where it's at now?
1: Do you want the honest answer or do you want my, my normal uh, answer? Well,
0: give me your normal answer and then give me the honest answer.
1: Normal answer is it feels great. It's amazing, right? All right. What's uh, the honest answer? Honest answer is like, I looked at the Time Magazine article and I'm like, oh man, like we should have like more paragraphs. Like I feel like I should have done better. It's, it's, it's insanely, it's like a hedonic treadmill. Like five years ago, I would have killed to be in Time Magazine. And, and suddenly the better you do, the, the more you, you need to feel successful. Um, and I think that's that, like, it's a consistent, uh, imposter syndrome that's been inside of me forever, but also a a consistent need to, to achieve that has driven my business forward. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. One of the habits of trying to form is to be more grateful every morning, uh, because you know, I, I get so pissed when there's a, a small problem with our shipping line, but I never take the time to like rejoice about hearing the stories about people who had severe addiction to, to nail biting or to smoking cigarettes or to, to hair picking or, or, uh, obsessive eating. I never take the time to rejoice. So one of the things I try to do each day now is, is to take a deep breath. And like, like we have this really, um, really fantastic Facebook group and like, just to read the positive success stories and to realize that like, even if I were to die today, like I think I've made an impact on the world and I should feel proud about that. And so that's a, that's a nice thing to, to keep in my mind each morning.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I practice gratitude every day. It's, it's so important to how I run my business and how I treat everybody else around me. And, and I think it's, it, I mean, you're doing great stuff. I've read a lot of the testimonials. I've watched them on YouTube. It's, uh, you guys are doing a great job of utilizing your customers to be able to, to help share how amazing this, this tool is. I've used it myself. I've talked about it before on the show. I believe, or if not on a Periscope, at least I actually showed people on Periscope what it was like, and you know they could see my hand kind of jolt a little bit, and mm-hmm. you know they couldn't get a sense for how strong it was. It wasn't very strong, but it kind of maybe I oversold it or whatever. But um, I used <laughs> it. <laughs> what did you use it for, Pat? I used it to to write "Will It Fly," my, my best selling book. Um, and the the way I used it was, you know, it actually came in. Uh, I bought two from the IndieGoGo campaign, and and. You know, it's one of those things where you know you buy it and then you kind of forget about it for a while because they're processing it and they're they're building it and prototyping and all that stuff. And then I finally got it in in the middle of writing, and it came at a perfect time because I was really struggling with my writing. I was very much getting distracted when I was supposed to be writing. I would always, whenever I came to a hard point in the manuscript, I would. Often head on over to Facebook or go to Twitter or do something that made me feel comfortable because I would I would often get to a point in the manuscript where I was just struggling or I know I have to do more research and you know maybe I'd start on Facebook and just then I'd get lost or go go down a YouTube rabbit hole so I started using Padlock and uh, you know consciously when I found myself going into those rabbit holes or not doing what I was supposed to be doing you know like you instruct you know I'd shock myself or electro bio whatever. Zap zap myself. Piece. Yeah, there you go. Um, I was at myself. And then over time, I started to see that I would catch myself before. Mm-hmm. Like I, I found myself still wanting to do it. But then I'd say, I don't want to like I don't want to zap myself. So I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. And then after a couple weeks, I found that it was just natural for me to not even think about cheating anymore and going to Facebook or going to Twitter. And, and that's how I was able to really start moving forward and, and progressing in my manuscript. So thank you. Uh, Manish for, for the tool. It's, uh, I think a lot of people are using it in, in different ways. What are some of the more interesting things that people are using it for?
1: So uh, this, this is a really interesting story because it's like, uh, if you look at like the, it's like a circle, like originally we were a forming habits company. Then we discovered that uh, a mild electric zap while you do a bad habit was actually a very studied science uh, called aversive conditioning or classical conditioning that if you if you smoke a cigarette while you zap yourself, your brain will create the association. Even though you do it to yourself, your brain creates the association between the zap and stops liking the urge. It's kind of like um, if you drink too much tequila one night and you get sick, you'll never drink tequila again for like the rest of your life or for many years. Yeah, how did you know? uh, Everyone's got the tequila one, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but so in the same way, um, if you zap yourself while you smoke a cigarette or while you, while you have a recurring negative thought... Or like I use it to get over my ex-girlfriend. Like whenever you think about the same thing, adding the zap, even if you do it to yourself, just makes yourself. First of all, it makes it go away. But also, it also the word you said is the right word. Uh, it makes you aware. It makes you notice. It kind of uh, what we think is happening in the brain is is that when you associate a mild zap, it's a, a shock to your system, and it knocks you out of basal ganglia automatic habit mode, mm-hmm. and makes you become aware like prefrontal cortex activity mode it snaps you out of it and trains you to just become aware which is always the first step in changing habits we started off like so when we started uh seeing we first of all um halfway through our crowdfunding campaign discovered the literature on aversive conditioning you probably saw the evidence journal in your booklet in your box uh so we started to see that we could use it for for individuals but recently we started to add in all of our smart features and this has brought back the, uh, old idea of forming habits. And it's also brought in a new mechanism of of subconscious learning, which I'm finding fascinating. So I'll tell you a couple of our our coolest stories that I've heard so far. Um, one of the biggest ones I've heard is, uh, recurring and it's a thing called trichotillomania or intense hair picking. And it's one of those habits that no one talks about, but 16% of Americans have where they like pick their eyebrows or pluck their hair. And, uh, It often creates bald spots. And and just today I had a call with one of our users who she's a female, she's pretty, she's nice and she's sweet, but she has a bald spot or she had a bald spot on her head. So she was always wearing hats and she always felt so uncomfortable going out in the the real world because there was a bald spot. And so we helped her and she used it for two days and she stopped picking her hair. And that was mind blowing to me that like someone could have severe social anxiety for a condition that no one even knows about. And there's no solution to this problem. And we have it. Um, I use it on myself for a variety of habits, things like tortilla chips. Uh, I use it for quitting. What do you mean um,
0: tortilla chips? Like, getting, like not eating tortilla chips?
1: I used to eat about a bag of Tostitos a day. And now the <laughs> Tostitos logo makes me ill, which is actually – I just felt the feeling right now. It's <laughs> so, um, but recently – so we, we hosted a, a hackathon last weekend um, in conjunction with this other company. And – uh, it's been really, so, so this company makes, a, a, an app which uses video input and it can determine facial expressions like mm-hmm. happiness, joy, sadness, frustration. Most times they sell it to companies like movie, movie producers who are trying to figure out when people get bored in the trailer. But in the hackathon, somebody integrated the two together for autistic children. They built this, uh, uh, Google glass integration that when an autistic person is talking to someone. The Google Glass can identify the personality or the facial expression of the person and then vibrate the person's wrist in a pattern. So if they're sad, they get a particular pattern. If they're happy, they get another one. And I found that really cool. Like forgetting about the shock and thinking of it more as like a haptic feedback training subconscious learning mechanism. That was really cool.
0: That's pretty amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like recently we've been start, I've been, so I've been trying, like everyone's always like, it's funny. I had a conversation this morning. Someone was like, it's amazing, Manish, that you took a system that was like to help you and you decided to give it to the masses. And I'm like, no, you got that backwards. I'm using the masses to figure out a system to get me to do my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been building, uh, we've been, we just released today, this Chrome extension. It's called Pavlock Productivity. And it started off being a uh, copy of my old slapping assistant. If I go on Facebook, it shocks me. If I go on Reddit, it starts to vibrate and then zap me. But I found that the definition of productivity is something different. It's producing. It's the actual creation of something. If I waste time on Facebook and I stop that, I might waste time on Reddit. But if I can actually get myself to force myself to do these actions, there's something powerful there. Mm -hmm. So we created this cool little extension. And actually, it's pretty cool, Pat. Uh, you don't need a padlock to use it. Um, you, it's, it's, uh, with, you won't get the haptic feedback, but you get like uh, Chrome notifications that pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it's like uh, you set little to-do lists and the amount of pomodoros you want to do of that to-do list each day. Mm-hmm. So, like, I want to write a th- I want to write for thirty to thirty minutes a day. So it locks. So every hour, it starts to bug me. The Chrome extension will bug me. Until, and at the beginning, it starts to vibrate, bug me. Then it starts to beat, bug me. Then it starts to zap me. And until I actually start working on my project. And once I start working on it, for those 30 minutes, it'll start to, uh, it won't let me leave the tab. Like I have to do work or else it will start to vibrate and shock me. And I found that to be really cool to get me to get my own work done. And if I can, if I can figure out how to get me to be productive, I'm pretty sure everybody else will be productive too.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. That That's really cool. Now, if somebody wanted to implement, uh, implement similar, uh, you know, feedback devices, uh, without actually having getting zapped, like how would, how would, what are some ways that we could do this like today?
1: Sure. Uh, you mean if someone wanted to build a hardware device or someone wanted to just start getting started?
0: Like just with, with anything that they, you know, everybody out there who's listening, who knows what they're supposed to do, they just need to get, something going to make them do it Um, what what are some other devices besides just being zapped that you've learned work also
1: so if you're trying to get someone to do something I found that at the beginning any sort of negative reinforcer is really powerful Uh, and so a negative reinforcer could be a bet with a friend like I will send you a list I will send you my 750 words by the end of the day or I will send you my blog post or else I owe hundred dollars, the George W. Bush public library or whatever it might be. Um, that is extremely powerful to get someone to start doing a habit. Um, we found that reminders when tied to a bet will help a habit form. So I will start like, so uh, with our Chrome extension, it'll start like popping up uh, automatically. But if you don't have that or you don't want to use it or you don't use Chrome, then uh, simply telling a friend, Hey, I promise to do this action or else something will happen or even I promise you this action or else I'll post on Facebook uh, that I failed. Something like that will make you start getting an activity started. And the trick is to get yourself to do it just five to 10 days in a row. If you get yourself to every day at 10 a.m. to sit down and write 30 minutes in front of your computer, the first five to 10 days will be insurmountably hard, almost insurmountably hard. It will be very difficult. Your brain is going to want to do anything else. But the next 10 days are going to be uncomfortable. The next 10 days will be automatic. Mm-hmm. And from then on, it's a pure habit. Then it's actually more difficult for you to not write or not blog or not promote your whatever it might be than it would be to, to do it. It's like brushing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Manish, may I ask you sort of a selfish question uh, related to this hardware production and this, this kind of journey you've had? Because I'm working on figuring out what my next big experiment is going to be. And it could potentially be something that, that requires some hardware. I mean, where, where where would one start if they have some idea that is a physical product and they want to get it built and need a prototype to see what it's like? Like, how does one go about doing this?
1: Sure. Uh, it is not easy. I will say that. Um, like, it blows my mind that that we pulled this off. Uh, if, if anybody out there is a programmer, the hardware like ecosystem of today is the same as writing, like, software web apps in 1995 like it can be done it's never been easier than today but it's really really hard Uh, because you need things like an embedded programmer a software developer ios and android and rails backend and all that crap all that crazy stuff but the prototyping phase is not always that difficult so try to think about the uh core functionality of what you want to do in my case i was replicating a dog collar right so what we did is we ripped apart a dog collar And we bought an Arduino, or you can buy a Raspberry Pi. And we just wired up to a pre-existing system using an interface that is easy enough to connect. Mm -hmm. It took us about six hours. And we wrote basically what we did was we broke apart the remote control and then we reprogrammed the remote control to say, if I go on Facebook, then connect the wires, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first step you want to do is kind of identify what the core aspects of your product or functionality are. And then take a step back and say, what exists that already kind of does that? The next thing you can do is take a look at, you're going to want to definitely try out, um, I mean, it, hardware is like not something that's easy to do alone, if you've never had an experience with, with programming or software, but it's, it's certainly doable. Raspberry Pi and Arduino are two different things you can buy for 30 bucks that are rapid prototyping boards. And those are the first step in most cases. Mm-hmm. of, uh, of creating some sort of electronics. Um, I find that there's, it's not like, again, it's really, really hard to go from prototype to production, but it's not impossible. And it's actually really, it's actually nice that it's hard. It's like a two people can reproduce Snapchat in a garage in, in 48 hours, but Apple couldn't reproduce Pavlock in less, in less than nine months, just because of just how hardware works. Mm-hmm. So there's something beautiful about about actually building hardware. It makes you something totally separate from the crowd. Um, the That's last thing cool. I'll say is there's a couple places, I mean, you can always find like design firms if you're willing to invest the money that will just do all for you, but definitely finding other people who have done anything hardware related uh, is the first step in getting that to happen.
0: Cool, cool, good advice, Manish. Hey man, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story. This is, this is incredible. If people wanna check out more from you or learn more about Pavlok, where, where would they go?
1: Yeah. So actually I've been working really hard. I've been trying to build this system that makes people do stuff. And I'm excited because I know you told me before the, before this call that like uh, a lot of your your readers know what they need to do, but always have some trouble doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I want to run an experiment. I created a little special page. I dropped the price of Pavlov super low just for anybody who wants to check it out. If you go to Pavlov.com forward slash Pat Flynn. So P A V L O K. It's just like Pavlov with a K, uh, com forward slash Pat Flynn, then you'll get access to this cool Chrome extension, this cool, uh, to-do list thing and the padlock. And, uh, and I'm really excited because I think that it's, uh, I think that your users in particular will benefit from it. And I'm really excited to try to change our stories, uh, from only breaking bad habits to really reinforcing the good habits that will make people succeed.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Manish. We appreciate you and, and all the best of luck.
1: Definitely. Thank you so much, Pat.
0: All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Manish Seti. Uh, Man, what an incredible uh, story. And I continue to use Pavlok, not all the time. I don't keep it on me all the time on my wrist, but I do use it when I'm writing and it does uh, still help me. Uh, And I'm gonna be probably using it for some other habits too. I know it has affected a lot of people's lives in a very positive way. And I look forward to uh, seeing how you might have a success story coming out of it, too. So that link, once again, that Manish mentioned, which has some special stuff for you, like the Chrome extension, the the to-do thing that he talked about, and also a discount on Pavlok if you wanted to check it out. Uh, I don't. There's no affiliate commissions or anything that come off of that. Um, you can go to Pavlok.com slash Pat Flynn. Again, that's P-A-V-L-O-K.com slash Pat Flynn, and you'll get access to that. You can also get access to the links in the show notes, Uh, And the resources mentioned in this episode at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 216. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash session 216. I hope you've been enjoying the free podcast content here. I'm really excited because it's one of my favorite things to do. And I know a lot of you have already taken action from the content that you've listened to on the podcast. And if that's you, congratulations. Just keep going, please. It's one of my favorite things to see. But I also know a lot of you, and a lot of you have been telling me that you've been wanting more. You've been wanting additional information, some accountability, some hand-holding along the way. And so depending on what it is that you're looking for, what I would recommend is actually go to smartpassiveincome.com slash courses, you'll see the courses that I'm offering there that are paid courses but they're there to help walk you through certain processes depending on what problem you have or what issue or what thing you're trying to solve. Go there, check it out, you can see if there's a course available for you and where you're at in your business right now, whether you're just getting started and you just wanna make sure you have all the right things in place before you actually devote a lot of time and effort into something, there's a course for you there. For those of you looking to get started with a podcast, there's stuff for you there and there's gonna be more courses there in the future and how do I come up with those ideas for the courses? They come directly from you. So thank you for all telling me how I can help you better. And if you have ideas for more courses that I can create for you, just hit me up on Twitter, at Pat Flynn. Let me know, or uh, use my contact page on smartpassiveincome.com. But again, check out and see what's available, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. That will be continually added to over time, so check it out. Thanks so much, I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in next week's episode. Until then, just keep pushing forward, keep moving that needle, and uh, wishing you all the best. Cheers, take care, love you. bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.
0: So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI and today, we all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too.